0: Nate, hi, welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast.
1: Hey, great to be here.
0: We're so happy to have you.
1: I am and happy to be had.
0: <laughs> well, people have been really looking forward to this episode, and I'm, I'm just so glad to have you on. It feels like a long time coming.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here, too. Big fan of the podcast, the ones I've heard. You guys, you've guys, you had some great traders on here.
0: We are Ellis Stillinger, who fills in... from time to time as a co-host said that he thinks that we have the best guest in, you know, podcast trading podcast. And I'll take that. I love your guest. I really own it. We hadn't had a bad one yet. (laughs) It's just been,
1: well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep that streak alive. I'm going to (laughs) try to keep that streak alive.
0: And we also have Tyson here. Tyson is my friend from MTA, and we also hang out in Shark's room and trade some options together. And he is—he's just here to ask you some questions. So, welcome, Tyson.
2: Hey, Penny. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, again, trade with Blaine. I'm an MTA, um, and you know, super, super excited to be here.
0: Cool. So, Nate, usually we start off by just asking, how'd you get into trading?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit of context, I'm 34 years old. Uh, I'm a pastor, which I love doing, right? I, I serve in a local church. I've been doing that for a long time. Uh, a while ago, I decided I wanted to go back to school and do a doctorate in basically adolescent psychology. Um, it's a degree called Youth, Family, and Culture. And everyone thought I was crazy. They're like, why are you going back to school? You got four kids. You're nuts, man. But but I did it. And you know, so I did all the education stuff. And then I got to this point where I was writing my dissertation. And You know, there's a lot of research involved with that. I've been doing that for a number of years. And if any of you guys have ever written a paper, you know, uh, man, (laughs) it's a brain drain, right? You know, you just kind of need a distraction, you need a hobby. Uh, And and so I decided that I was going to start trading. So this actually came because my brother around that time started trading penny stocks. And he texted me like this screenshot of all this money he made on MJTV which is some like any yeah. weed stock. He's like, look what I made. And I'm like, looking at my brother, I'm like, dude, this guy's an idiot. If he can make money <laughs> trading, I can make money <laughs> trading. And so, you know, I just kind of dove in, right? I started obviously with Robinhood because that's what everyone does. And then I realized of quickly course. how terrible that is. Uh, dove in headfirst with, you know, all of the gusto of a guy who's writing his dissertation. And, you know, that was a couple years ago and I'm still going strong.
0: All right, so- how how long was the time frame between opening your Robin Hood and finding FinTwit?
1: Yeah, well, uh, so I didn't find FinTwit at first. The first thing okay. that I found was stock twits.
0: Well, same, same. At that, <laughs> uh, are they stock?
1: <laughs> like, like FinTwit could be toxic, but then you've got stock twits, which is like toxic, toxic. In my opinion, you know, it could just be a bad place. But I, I found that started watching some of these people talk and looking at some of these things. I'm like, man, these guys are idiots. And mm-hmm. so I kind of just stumbled around and that's when I actually ultimately landed in the world of discord, uh, found Perfect. a discord where I ended up learning a ton of stuff and uh, eventually actually left that discord. Now I'm a part of the real ones, which I Do love. Like it's
0: feel comfortable saying which discord.
1: Yeah, I was in Atlas and and it, okay. like I I love Atlas. Like I have no issues with Atlas. I think they're, Phenomenal. Um, it just kind of got to the point where it was such a big community where it was really hard to engage because so mm-hmm. many people flocked there, at least on you know the, the main Momo floor that people could talk on and the trading floor and all that stuff. Where it's like, man, that this thing gets spammed all the time. Now, that the main yeah. floors, those are all really good, but I was there for the education, right? Because their education section was just so stacked and I was able to learn so much. Um, and I loved it. But I think eventually I realized, man, I, I actually have something to give and I want to be able to help people and I want to contribute right? You know, because sometimes in those bigger rooms, it's really hard to get to a place where you can do that. Uh, and so that's how I actually ended up landing in the real ones where I now help lead the options room. I'm on voice every day doing some of the trading there uh, and helping a lot of people just figure out what options are all about. Uh, And I love it. Right. So I took all this education I learned. And now beyond it just being this thing I could read about, it's something that I actually get to help people experience live as we walk through it. So I'll do like a screen share and, you know, we'll do pre-market stuff and walk through everything and I'll live trade on voice with them, telling them exactly what I'm doing and why. Uh, So it's been it's been a fun journey. I, I love the home that I found. We have just a bunch of great people there who are committed to helping other people succeed and learn. Uh, just, just like MTA where you are.
0: Did you, um? do you do voice with Zen?
1: Yeah. So I love Zen. So I- initially, you know, we didn't really have much of an options room as real ones really started to blow off, blow up. And so there was like Fappy and then you got this and Herb and RCB and Deb and Zen and Mikey and me, like we were all on the main trading voice together doing that. So they're talking about small caps. I'm talking about options, but then it really birthed this idea of, can we have an option-specific option, option specific room where that's all we focus on? And so we launched it a little while ago, and now we're getting 250 to 300 people in voice for the first hour just for that piece alone. A lot more who are in the room. Uh, we max out at 150 for the screen share because Discord has some weird rules about that. Uh, so we, we definitely run against that. But it's been cool to see a bunch of people coming in, getting educated, and, uh, you know, not not just chasing some really crap plays, because in the options world, there are a lot of people who pump some really crappy plays um, or a lot of people who chase some really crappy plays because they miss the initial move.
0: For sure. I met Zinn not too long ago. Really? Uh, I, well, not in person. Oh, but gonna ask, I was going to ask, does he look
1: like he sounds?
0: <laughs> I did. Uh, I was in real one. Sometimes I come in to say hi because A lot of you guys have been on the podcast. So I like to check in with my friends and I saw his CBD and I have chronic back problems. So I was like, I'm going to ask this guy about this CBD and now we're friends. So big fan. (laughs) Does
1: does he, does he talk in a deep voice when he talks to you?
0: I, well, also he asked me one day to come on voice. So I have heard his voice.
1: It's a, it's a magical thing. (laughs) especially when he starts talking about power hour and market opening and (laughs) it's good. It'll catch you off guard.
0: I like, I like him. So it seems like you guys have a pretty good thing going in real ones.
1: We do. It is like, it's, it's become this safe haven for a lot of people who just really want to learn how to trade. Right. You know, and we've kind of got this no drama policy in real ones. So like we don't tolerate people talking trash. We don't tolerate people tearing other people down. Like we just want to help. And so we've kind of made that the bar. So if people kind of cross that line, it's like, all right, you got to go. Um, We want to be honest. And so the community that's been built there is absolutely ridiculous and it's beautiful and it's wonderful.
0: I love that. I love it. And you guys seem like you're having a lot of fun. So too much fun some
1: days. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, if you were to pop into voice on days where the market's pretty slow, some of the conversations we have, uh, they're a little wild.
0: <laughs> well, I like that because trading's pretty tense. So, yeah. All you know, right. Okay. So you. So first, and I'll, I ask if you came from Atlas. Somebody get needs to give PJ like an award for building these traders. Like literally, I think every single big trader we've had on the podcast has come through atlas like yep. many of them are no longer there but like pj changed the trading world like that like he created all of these or he created a community for all these traders so yep. i'm i think it's great um, yeah
1: I've, I've got nothing but love for atlas the 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 reality that he was able to create something that actually bonded people around something else like trading And Mm -hmm. even though some people have gone in these different ways, it's like, but like they never would have stuck with it unless there had been that initial thing to help them just kind of get their hands around what this thing is. Uh, And it was a lifeline for a lot of people. And it was a place where a lot of people could grow. And the cool thing is, is, you know, now that a lot of other things have branched off outside of that, it's become a thing. I I really believe that's launched a whole bunch of other movements
0: Oh my that better fit people. Right. And like one day when there is a documentary about this trading movement that's happening right now, like PJ is going to be the center of that, <laughs> that documentary, I think. And I I also like, this is not the like Atlas happy hour, but I also <laughs> like how um, PJ created a sense of hope for so many people of like, this is what could this could be your life or that like I came from nothing and now I have this and that I like that aspiration.
1: Yeah. You gotta gotta have something to chase after.
0: (laughs) For sure. For sure. So Robin Hood, then you go in Atlas and then how, how, tell me about the transition between Robin Hood and then options.
1: Yeah. So I think the big thing is, is I, you know, as I started to get a little more involved in FinTwit, I started to see some of these big gains that people were making and I was like, what, how are they doing that? Cause I'm, I'm not making that and I'm in the same place. And then obviously you start going down this rabbit hole of options. Um, and for the longest time I had actually been kind of split. So depending on what the market was doing, maybe I'm playing options. Maybe I'm shorting something. Maybe I'm going long. Maybe it's penny stocks. Maybe it's large caps. Just kind of trying to go where the momentum was. But uh-huh. something I realized maybe six months to a year ago is that the penny world has changed.
0: Okay. Right? Tell me like, more about that.
1: So it it used to, yeah, absolutely. So with the advent of FidTwit, right? And Uh with accounts now that have four or 500,000 followers, 300,000 followers, what I've noticed is that these accounts have the ability to literally cause a penny stock to have millions of volume on a single candlestick and to shoot the price up, right? Now, that's a really beautiful thing if you're in but the problem is, is that ruins any kind of technical analysis. Right. And so what I started to realize is that TA no longer worked in the penny world. Right. So when Mm -hmm. you add in social media and what that does to it, when you add in just the algos, which are already stupid and trying to jack with people, I just realized like the penny stocks are not going to be the same. And so that's when I started to go, well, technical analysis, it still works on large caps, Right. right. Understanding patterns and candles and charts and trends, like There's there's nobody who's going to be able to tweet outside of Elon Musk and to cause a stock to dip 10% if it's like an Apple or a Facebook or something like that. And so I just kind of made the decision. I think I'm going to switch over and focus solely on options because Uh if you can manage your risk, the reward is like 10 times what it would be if you were trading commons. Right, and so that's the transition I made. So that was about six months to a year ago. Even though I had been playing options for a while, just because uh-huh. I love the idea of getting a thousand percent runner, um, uh-huh. but I made this shift because honestly, it's 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 a whole lot less stressful for me. Mm-hmm. It's just not as insane. It's not as chaotic. Uh, and most days, I'm actually done trading within the first hour, and then I go about my day. So it's that's it's awesome. a lot more fun. Yeah, I don't I don't have to sit there and babysit things anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like there's a movement of people from penny stocks to option. Like, honestly, myself included. Um, Rhodessa very mm-hmm. famously did that. Like, I find – sometimes I just talk about myself on the podcast. That's like, okay.
1: It's your podcast.
0: I, I find it so – frustrating that I know how to read charts. I know what the charts are supposed to do. I know how to trade. And like sometimes it just doesn't work. And I understand that trading does not always work, but it's like infuriating. And it just does not seem to happen to me on large caps. And I don't I don't understand options quite as well, but I do understand the options move Options are very much correlated to the chart. So if I can read the chart, I can understand what's happening in the options. And, like, penny stocks make me feel like I cannot read a chart. Like, it's maddening. So yeah. – and I'm not the only person that feels that way, obviously.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way right now.
0: I People DM me – like, multiple times a day of just like, how are you surviving? And I'm like, just barely. Like it, it's very, very difficult. And it also, like I was just singing Atlas's praises and I absolutely meant everything I said, but I lost so much money in Atlas personally that I had to leave and then forget the invite to the discord like it it was like something that i should i'm not allowed to be in that room anymore because i just cannot control myself <laughs> um but that part, i'm just going on a rant but that part of me feels like i'm playing a rigged game that when i know the rules like it it's just maddening yeah. so i understand why people are and if you're above PDT and can get in and out of large caps the same way you can with penny stocks, it just is safer.
1: Well, and it even if you're not above like PDT, you could just, you know, go to a cash account and all your options settle the next day. Right. right. So there's so much more flexibility and, and truth be told, if you're looking at a large cap, I could put in a hundred and fifty dollars, say for like a Facebook contract that's a little bit out of the money. Now, obviously, that all kind of depends on what it is. But if I were to buy commons, like, I couldn't even buy a single Facebook share with that. And yet right, if Facebook right. moves up $2, it's like, well, then suddenly I've just gained 100% of my investment. Whereas if I had one share, it's like, cool, I gained 2 bucks. You know Two what I bucks. mean? So it's, yeah. The, the reward is just so much greater than any of the amount of risk you're taking if you could actually have a discipline plan and stick to it. Which again is what most traders don't know how to do. Most traders don't know about when you're supposed to enter a play. They don't know about when you're supposed to exit a play. They look at a play that's already going and go, oh, I'm going to hop in that. Now, every once in a while, when you get like an LCID move, you're like, okay, cool. Like this is great. But people who bought up near 48, they ain't feeling so great right now because that thing reversed hard on them, you know? And so they're down like 75% of their money.
0: God, LCID was good today. Saved me. Big fan.
1: I'm a a little frustrated because I I scalped those about a week and a half ago and I had 27 calls and I'm sitting there going like, man, those would have been worth so much more, but that is what it is. Right. I mean, like yesterday I had a bunch of spy puts when spy was up top and I set my stop loss because I was like, dude, spy is going to die. It's going to die. But then it had this spike. It stopped me out and then spy dropped like $4. I was so frustrated
0: Can't stupid, stupid question alert. How does one set a stop loss on an option?
1: Uh, well, so I use a trade ladder on uh TOS, so I set it around what I think the option price is going to be with a key level. So I'd never do percentage losses, I just go, okay, so if I'm looking at some of the Greeks here, uh, man, you know, if this thing spikes up 15 cents, this thing's probably going to drop down like five cents, and Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of guesswork, a part of it happens when. You just do it long enough. But like if I bought a contract, say for 50 cents, I might set my stop loss around 35 cents.
0: Okay. So I'm, I have a cash Weeble account that I do my options in Mm -hmm. because it settles the next day or whatever. But all my day trading I do in thinkorswim and I'm thinking about just doing it all. And like, I know how to use the ladder. I know how to trade in thinkorswim. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like I could just.
1: So I, I'll i send you uh, my layout for thinkorswim if you want after this. Sure. I, so I, I kind of create my watch list the night before with all the plays I'm looking at. I'm sure you're going to ask about that. And then I identify all the contracts that I, I want with my key levels. And I put those into uh-huh. a watch list and I have that watch list linked to my active trade ladder over here. And then up top, I've got a screen with all of the charts I'm looking at for the day. And whenever my key levels hit, I just click and buy, right? The trade ladder makes all the difference, right? With, with Webull, you've got to go in, you've got to type it. It's so frustrating. So Webull, like I I do my Roth IRA there. And so I'll trade a lot of stuff like in swing stuff in there. Um, Uh But in terms of active trading, day trading, I always do it through TOS. Now, They have more expensive fees, right? You can talk them down to 50 cents, which is where I got them right now. Some people tell me 35 and I'm like, I I don't, they told me there's no way. Um, And I (laughs) trade a lot of contracts. Um, But for me, it's worth it to pay that extra fee to be able to get the contracts uh, in commission. Uh So it's about a dollar a contract when you consider both ways because the execution is so much cleaner and I can get around it so much faster. So I say, hey, if I trade a hundred contracts in a day, I will gladly pay a hundred bucks if it means I make, you know, say $10,000, then trade in Webull for free and maybe only make like $8,000 because the execution was poor.
0: Why does it take so long? Why I, does it take so long?
1: It's Weeble is a great introductory trading platform and it is really phenomenal. And I think in years, they're probably going to make it a whole lot better. But TOS right. has just been around so much longer and their charting and just the availability of information and studies that you have there. Um, you just you can't really compete with that. But I wish their commissions were a little bit cheaper. I really do.
0: Yeah. Yep. Tyson, you're on here. Yeah. We have not let you say anything. Do you have anything you want to say or
2: ask? No, definitely. I mean, um, so you know, great conversation. Um, with that, but you know, as somebody who is learning options as well, I'm sure there's that, that you know. A lot of people that are listening that they have no idea, you know, where to start with options. So, you know, me being one of them, honestly, and, you know, trying to learn um, maybe some technical questions about kind of trading them. Um, So first thing that I would want to know is kind of whenever you select your strike, kind of are you looking at closer to in the money, in the money um, or kind of how are you picking your strike whenever you're, you know, entering an options trade? I'm sure there's a lot of people that are curious that have no idea about options.
1: So honestly, a big part of that all really kind of depends on what day it is. Right. So on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm gonna pick something that's maybe just out of the money. And the reason I do that is it gives me a little bit more time and there's not as much theta decay trying to kill the thing. But on Thursday and Friday, uh, if I can't find something that is like really close to being in the money, I will pick something that is in the money. Because when you look at some of the options there, uh, it's just gonna work in your favor and it's gonna be more profitable long term. Um so do, do you want me to explain how I find the things I look at too? Cause that's actually Very really much. helpful, especially for beginner traders. So yep. are you, are you guys familiar with what an inside bar play is? Yes.
2: Yes. We, we call All it right, a T so, plus two in MTA. <laughs> T plus
0: two. I know exactly two, what a T plus uh, two is. So
1: within, within the options world, um, and this, this also works actually pretty well for, uh, just if you're trading commons as well, but. Uh, basically what you're looking for is that the high and the low of yesterday's close is contained within the high and the low of the previous day's close, right? And so right now those are exclusively the only kind of contracts that I'm playing because what history tells you, and you can go ahead and back test this with any kind of scanner you want to look at is that when something breaks that high to the upside, it's usually going to have a lot of volume that pours in and it's going to make a pretty strong move up. Right, And same thing is true for the downside. If it breaks that lower trend line or that lower low from the previous day, odds are it's going to have a pretty strong move down. Now, it might come back up and retest it before it moves down, or it might retest before it moves back up. But what I found is that if I only look at these plays, I've already predefined on a technical analysis basis what kind of plays I'm looking for, what I'm looking for is my trigger points. And that even tells me what option strikes I need to be looking at. So uh, hypothetically, I'm looking at like, let's just say I was looking at Microsoft today, right? And you know, say Microsoft's high was 333.82 and that their low was 330.55. I'm probably off a little bit on that. But that means that tomorrow, if it breaks above that 333.58 or whatever I said level, I'm going to be buying a 335 call because I know volume is probably going to pour in. And then if it breaks below that 330, 60, whatever level, I'm going to buy a 330 put. And it's, it's the same kind of deal, right? Like So my goal is just to ri- ride the momentum wherever it goes. And the best part about this is like you can scalp it when it breaks out and then you can sell it almost immediately, wait for it to come back down, retest. If it confirms the support or as resistance, you add a heavier position and then you ride the move back down. Like I've been playing this since we've been doing these in the real ones. And we've been doing these for a little while now. Like we have not had a single day where we haven't at least had a hundred percent play typically on Fridays. The last few Fridays have been wild. Like two Fridays ago, we had like a hundred percent play, eight hundred fifty percent play, six hundred and fifty percent play, three hundred and a couple hundred fifties, right? Like these are just, and you could look at this on my Twitter. Like these were all inside bar breakouts that had strong momentum. And we just rode the momentum, the direction that it was going. And the cool thing is all of those watch lists with the, the trigger triggers and what puts and calls we're looking at, we posted them the day before market opens. So it's not like we're going back saying like, oh, hey, look at this thing we did. We didn't tell you guys about It's like, no, we told you guys yesterday what our plan was for today. Um, and that's the beauty of technical analysis in the options world within the large cap space is that these plays tend to respect these levels and these breakouts much more than in small cap world. So I rarely deal with the frustration of a play, not going the way I was supposed to. My only losses now are when I decide not to follow the predefined uh, plan that I had in place. And I don't trade according to discipline and I decide Uh to chase something else. Like I did that last week on Apple. I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I think Apple's going to bounce here. So I bought a bunch of stuff. It bounced a little bit and then it tanked on me and I lost a bunch of money. Right. And so I've just kind of said, man, I'm going to play The technical stuff, I'm going to be super strategic in what I do, because if I've got 12 plays I'm looking at, odds are three to six of them are going to hit and they're going to move in a direction. And the beautiful thing is there's no bias going into the day. Like I'm looking at a play going like this could go up or down and I'm not set on either way. I'm just going to play whatever way it goes.
2: Yeah. And I mean, Blaine loves T plus two setups for anybody that knows her. But um, <laughs> so whenever you're whenever you're selecting one of those strikes, are you taking something that's, you know, like zero days to expiration? Kind of how far out are you taking that option? Um, just because obviously the volatility is going to be very different yeah. based on the, uh, the time frame that you're choosing.
1: So I, I do a new watch list every day. Uh, so every day is for the very next day. So I'm taking stuff. On Monday, that I'm going to sell on Monday. I'm taking stuff on Tuesday that I'm going to sell on Tuesday, all the way up to Friday. Uh, and and again, this is not necessarily a, something I recommend to newer traders. Like if it's Thursday or Friday, I'd say buy next week's. It might be a little bit more expensive, but if the move happens well, then you're going to do great. And maybe it takes an extra day or two. Like I remember I had Qcom on my watch list a couple of weeks ago. It did get a little bit of a move, but then two days later, it had that massive move. And if anybody had bought the next week's expiration and was still holding, they would have had like a 1500% runner or something like that. It's crazy.
0: So you'll have to forgive me because I have not been in the Real Ones option room. But do you guys say like, I bought this contract right now and then do you say when you scale out or sold it like how easy it is it for yeah. just like me if i go in the room to follow exactly your absolutely
1: traits? so what i do in there is a half hour before market opens i hop onto voice and do screen share and i walk everybody through the watch list that I, that we put out and i basically say hey here are the levels that we're looking for here are the things that we're going to buy and here's what we want to see happen And then, so everybody already knows what they're looking for too. And then we say, hey, these are probably like the top one or two to watch in the open because they're closest to trigger levels. And so I walk through on voice exactly when I purchase. And then we post it in the room too. I tell people when I'm scaling. I tell people when I'm selling and when I'm all out of a position. And then I tell people when I might get back into a position. Uh, And so that's like the first hour and a half of the trading day where I do that. Because again, the goal is education, right? If I just Mm -hmm. put out a bunch of information and said, here you go, good luck. But you never had anybody who actually walked with you through it and showed you how to do it. Well, then that's not actually education. That That's just something yeah. that's going to discourage you a whole lot more. And so in sure. our room, we actually walk with you guys through that. We talk about when we're in, we talk about when we're out. And again, because it is more of a contained community and we're not necessarily walking around with 500,000 followers, we're not worried about how it's going to impact the price. And specifically within the option world, because we are trading large caps, it's like we're, we're not going to impact the price of this thing anyways, because- no trader has the ability to uh say cause the robin hood thirty six calls to jump up you know two hundred percent just because they tweet about it because we're yeah. not playing these deep out of the money with low i v things that suddenly spike when there's a volume rush. We're playing things that are technical breakouts that are a lot of people are looking at that are easy and to get into and easy to get out of
0: One thing I do a lot in Shark's room is I'll like play the Commons. Based on like what he's playing with the options, just because that's it, I understand that more. Yeah. And that I found that to be very profitable <laughs> as yeah. well. I love that like linkage there. So, how many people are on voice in the options room in real ones?
1: Yeah. Anywhere every day from two to 300 for that first no, hour no, no, and a no. half.
0: Speaking like oh. you and who else?
1: So, during the whole first hour and a half, it's just me. Uh, the only okay. other. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like 20 of us. There's only, you know, so rocket catching Bob, he's hopped in there a few times. He's exploring and getting his feet under him with options. So he'll hop in every once in a while, which is super fun. Uh, But I've basically said I'm taking the first hour and a half. And then usually Dr. Bullshark comes in for power hour for the last hour of the day. Uh, But other than that, we intentionally try to keep the voice channels at real ones super small. Because we know that if that's where most people are listening, we want to make sure that that's where some of the best education can happen. Uh, there are no limits on who can post on what floor. Like we don't have locked floors or anything like that uh, because we feel like we should all be able to engage. And we yeah. talk a lot. Like I do a lot of Q&A with people. Uh, they'll ask questions in the chat and I'll answer it while I'm live on voice, while I'm trading in the free market. So we, we do that, but we try to keep the floor just, uh, at least for the voice, a little bit more limited because we want to make sure that what we give people is actually of value
0: right i like that it's helpful yeah for sure and then people are learning how you trade and like that Mm -hmm. is beneficial but you're exactly right just giving someone a watch list with levels is like find your own way and like that that's just gonna that's gonna be a little bit harder i think (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, and with it too, right. You know, so we're kind of going through these things where we're trying to teach different strategies to people uh, because there's no one size fits all for options. Like you could be a MoMo trader, you could be a technical breakout trader. And there are times where we're like, Hey, this could actually be a really good trade. And we might put it on the watch list and tell people, okay, so this is what we're looking for. We want to dip by on the flush and then we want to sell on the next pop. Right. So we'll do all of these things as well. But the main bread and butter of what we do, at least for this season, is that technical breakout because it is one mm-hmm. of the most consistent and profitable plays. And so the, the way I talk to people, because people ask me all the time, I'm like, well, why aren't you teaching more? And I'm like, well, you kind of got to learn to walk before you learn to break dance. Right. And so when I look at these big, crazy runners that people do on MoMo, like LCID, it's like, well, that's breakdancing, right? That's, that's pretty crazy. You, you got to have some experience to be able to play that stuff and play it well. And yeah. you've got to have some risk tolerance and know what you're doing without getting faked out um, just by some of the different moves that it has. And mm-hmm. so we're trying to teach people a baseline to be profitable, and then we can teach them some of the other stuff to do as well.
0: Really cool. Tyson, you got anything?
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask too. One
2: thing about the options is uh, Shark always says that you really want to trade an option that has a ton of, ton of liquidity. Um, so whenever you're taking a trade, you know, are you looking at you know how much volume that option has, yeah. or is it is it just based on um, you know one of those you know highly liquid tickers like an mRNA or a um, Nvidia something like that?
1: Yeah. So I, I'm always looking at uh, liquidity of the options. So in the scanner I have for my you know, my inside bar plays, I've got a couple custom filters that I put on there. And one of them is actually limited to the amount of contracts that were traded on the previous day. And so I will not even consider a uh, a play that has not traded at least a thousand contracts on the day. Because I know like, all right, like if there's a thousand being traded, at least there's some eyes on it. There's some stuff going on. I can get down with that. But if, uh, you know, if if there's not, like I I don't want to go into a play where I just get hosed where I buy a bunch of contracts and then there's nobody who actually wants to buy them back for me. Like that's just I have no interest in that. I want something that I can get in and out of when I need to.
2: Awesome.
0: Have you found that teaching other people has helped your trading?
1: I think it has. And it it's not that I'm learning a lot as I help other people. I think it's more, I'm being reminded of things that maybe I thought I was beyond, right? Because that's, that's yeah. sometimes what happens when you, when you trade, like a great example. You're, you're a 16 year old kid and you learn to drive a car you know, all the laws, you know, how to pay attention, you know, like, oh, I got to look at my mirror. I got to turn the blinker on for the, you know, you do all this stuff. But as you get older, you're like, ah, I'm good. I don't got to pay attention to that stuff. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, that's all great until the cop pulls you over because you didn't put your blink around to change lanes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me uh, being able to teach people one, it refines some of the things that I believe and some of the best strategies that i found and makes me go like, Oh yeah, that was really good. Why did I stop doing that? Um, yeah. But then it just reminds me like, man, I, I need to always be learning and reminding myself of this stuff. Like I don't ascribe to the idea that you have to learn everything that's out there because I think sometimes that's actually not helpful because then you get analysis paralysis from information. But if you could become the master of a few things, right. And Rodessa, he talks about this all the time. Like, Hey, like I pick a strategy and learn that strategy and become really good at it and only trade that thing. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah. Cause then you're actually successful.
0: Yeah. I, um, my, I would probably say that Real Simple Ariel has helped me. Yep. M- maybe more than anyone. Like I owe that guy. I just I love him. He's been incredible. And he hops he, around.
1: He's in. He's in real ones too.
0: He yes. He he's a goat. He's an enigma. He's every like he's he's around everywhere
1: and nowhere. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Um. But he. I was really struggling and he was like, well, we need to get on the phone. And I was like, I don't know if I want to like do all that. And he spent two, maybe two and a half hours walking me through his strategy like I was a child and like kept repeating things to me in a way that I, re- I hear him in my head. Like he's very big on like, you want a bullish chart. You want higher lows. If you don't have higher lows, that's not something that's tradable. Like it's and it was such a compact beautiful way to explain to someone how to trade. And then I've I've sent people to him since then, right? And I'm like, I can't say your strat like you need to tell me I can't do it. And he says that teaches teaching other people reinforces his good habits. Yep. Which is so just beautiful to me. That like he has his strategy, he knows his strategy works and he never like misses an opportunity to reinforce those rules, which reminds me so much of like what you just said.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and beyond that, like, I think when we teach other people, it also makes us accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had that in, in the real ones last week where I was like, Hey guys, I totally broke my own rules. I'm an idiot, but this is why we don't break rules. Right. Because yeah, yeah like maybe two out of 10 times you get lucky and you make bank, but the other eight, you're like eating crow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think trading is—it's so unique in the fact that you can literally take yourself up, back up the next day, and it's—it's mm-hmm. you know, it's one of the only things where you can, you know, completely reset the next day and then have the best day that you've ever had. I mean, you know, Blaine, for example, you know, I think that you had your your worst day, right, and then you bounced back the very next day and then doubled not only what you lost, but you know, you had your best day ever. So, you know, I think that, like everybody says, you know, trading is so mental that, you know, if you're able to just, you know, wipe away those losses, you know, the next day and, you know, stick to those rules and just, you know, pick yourself back up. I mean, it's, it really is, you know, one of those things that, um, you know, one of the most unique things in that aspect to me, at least.
1: Yeah. and, And that actually reminds me, like, people, people always ask me, like, what's the most important thing for a trader to do kind of with the mental game as they come to it, right? Because like trading, there's a lot of stress here, right? There's a lot of people this is their only job, it's their only source of income, they want financial freedom. And then there's other people who just want houses and cars and all that kind of stuff. Which is fine, right? there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but what I tell people is like, man, if you want to have good psychological mastery of yourself, you've got to be living for something bigger than money. Right? And that sounds really crazy for a trader to say that, but like, man, at the end of the day, money will not make you happy, right? It doesn't matter how, like they've done studies, $80,000 a year is like the max amount of happiness you can get from money, right? Yeah. You, you got a dude like Warren Buffett, or not Warren Buffett, I'm sorry. Um, Who's the steel guy back in the day? Um,
0: Rockefeller?
1: Oh, Rockefeller, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's Rockefeller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Towards the end of <laughs> his life, <laughs> somebody somebody asked him, how much is enough money? And he goes, just a little bit more, right? So like money trading, it's this thing that that's this, insatiable appetite. And so what I tell people is like, Hey man, if, if you want to stay centered and grounded on your good days and on your bad days, figure out your why, why are you doing this? What are you living for? What are you hoping to achieve? That's bigger than a thing, right? Is there something you want to give to Is there a family you want to provide for? Because if you can stay grounded in who you are outside of trading, it actually allows you to approach this and to be like, Hey, I am a person who trades. I am not a trader, right? Like trading is not a thing that defines me because if it is, well, then our health, our happiness, our joy, it's all tied into whether or not we did good in the market today. But if we've got this other thing out here where this is what centers us, it's like, well, then I can step in happy and healthy, whether I win or whether I lose, because I know this is just the thing I do. Now I want to win because I want to do better at this other thing I'm doing over here. But like, We've got to master that and wrestle through that. And, and I don't know how many young listeners you have to this, but if, you, if you're watching right now, like I, I just encourage you, wrestle with that. All right? Take it from a guy who's just a little bit further along in life than you. Um, figure out your why, live for that. And it's going to allow you to approach trading with a clear head so that on your worst day, you can bounce back the next day and have your best day because you're not defined by your worst day. You're defined by something else. And you just so happen to have a great day trading stocks.
0: You're reminding me so much right now of Singles and Doubles, who is like my idol too. He has such a good perspective on things. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and I, that is that is it. That is like the secret. Every Everyone's out there thinking the next course they take, discord they join, person they pay to help them is going to be it. And like, Now we're going to find the answer in that stuff.
1: Yeah. And and that's not to say that that stuff's not helpful because it really is. For sure. But you've got to have that deeper thing. And like when I look at people who are successful in trading long-term, they've all found it. And when I look at the people who are struggling and struggling and like depressed because of the losses, they're the ones who haven't. Because they think trading is the end goal when -hmm. really trading is just a tool.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i completely agree and i mean i think that you know one thing that i've heard from a lot of traders too and i found myself is you know you just have to love the process i mean every everybody's had you know those sleepless nights those early mornings you you have to just live for that and you know understand that you know like you were saying that you know this all means to an end on on whatever your purpose is you know with wanting to do this and you can't look at the money you have to look at you know your why and really just love that process and understand that, you know, this is going to be a grind, but you know, once you do become successful doing this, you know, it's a skill you have for life and um, you have to love trading before, you know, the money's going to come. So um, I agree with everything you said.
1: Yeah. And you got to be willing to put in the work too, right? You know, trading is not easy. It's quite challenging. Um, But I, I really believe there is no excuse for somebody not to be successful if they're willing to put in the work. Like, it's just, it. it there, there's no reason. Exactly. You're an
0: inspiring guy.
1: Well, I am a <laughs> pastor, so I'm not kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I understand. You're a great speaker. Your ideas are coming out so clearly. Your thoughts are coming out so clearly. You're inspiring. Like, I, you have, you've got something, which really, I really like, and I, there's like very few like kind of magical moments on this podcast that I'm like, I wish I could just like stop that. But you obviously have it figured out, like the thing that everybody wants to figure out. So I'm, just, I'm impressed with you.
1: Well, and, and I'll tell you guys, like, you know, just a little backstory. Like I, a part of that has to do, like, I had a really rough childhood, right? You know, my mom got sick and passed as a kid. My dad took off, grew up with an aunt and an uncle, you know? And so like, I, I've seen what the other side of life is like. And I, I look at where I am now. I'm married to my wife 10 years. We got four little girls. We do foster Congratulations. care. Thank you. I love it. I'm a, I'm a girl dad through and through. Um, <laughs> and life is just so beautiful. You know what I mean? And so even in the days where it's hard and things don't go my way, it's like things are still good and that's yeah. okay. You know, And uh, are, I, I want everyone to experience that.
0: Are those little girls your Why?
1: They're part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my kids. It's given them a life. Um, but, but I'll be honest, like I've, I've shared this before in other podcasts. Like I, I don't really keep any of what I make trading. Um, cause I don't, I don't need it. Uh, don't you know, cause I, I have a job and I'm like, well, like we're, we're safe, we're secure. And so for us, as we think about our why, you know, there are a lot of people who are in need in this world. And so we want to help them. And so uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Compassion International. We sponsor a bunch of kids through them. You know, my wife's got to go out and visit one of our kids. So We, we do stuff like that because it's like, look, and Gandhi said this. He said, look, there, there's enough for everybody's need in the world. There's not enough for everybody's greed. And so I've said, hey, if I can trade and this can be a vehicle to generate revenue and income that can then be poured into things that I believe in and care about. It's like, why would I not do that?
0: Sure. So really like
1: my kids that's that's my greater why for life but my why for trading it's it's actually like it's doing the things that we as a family care about because I want my kids to experience the joy of generosity and of being a part of a movement that's literally changing the world um and so yeah like my family is 100% tied up in the why
0: Can I just like open it up and anything else that you'd want to tell us I'd I'd love to hear
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of stuff, right. You know, one of my biggest things is always psychology with trading because I mm-hmm. think that matters, right. You know, cause if, if you step in mentally, not on your game, you're you're going to struggle and you're going to suffer. Um, but, but I think, you know, because we don't have enough time to go into all the details. Maybe we can do another podcast sometime to talk I, about look, that Please, stuff. That yeah, would be no, awesome. You've
0: got to come back. You've got to um, come
1: back. But man, I, I would just say this, like I, I have talked to so many traders in recent history And I'm talking like last several days, last several weeks who are struggling, right? Mm -hmm. They're just getting absolutely toasted by this market. And I would just say this to you guys, like hang in there, right? Don't give up because it's not over until you quit, right? I promise you, if you're willing to put the right amount of work in, if you're willing to be disciplined and by disciplined, I mean this, like don't try to get rich overnight, If you're willing to develop a system and a plan and a strategy and say like, okay, like I am going to figure this out. And if you can surround yourself with great people, MTA, phenomenal discord, real ones, phenomenal discord. There's some great EDU stuff out there with people who want to help you surround yourself with the right people and get on the right path. Because I believe once you are on that right path, you will be successful. Uh, And so, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I just feel I'm supposed to say that right now because I've got to imagine that people who are listening to a podcast on trading are people who want to be better at trading. And typically the people who want to be better are the people who are really struggling right now. And so you guys have got this. Like I promise you, you will get there. It's going to be okay. Tomorrow's a new day and you can be successful. All right. So put all the losses aside, let them go and get after it. That's
2: amazing. (laughs)
0: Um, thanks for saying that.
1: (laughs) I feel like that was for you. (laughs)
0: Uh, we, uh, my, um, son is dyslexic and we have just been having like such hard time trying to figure out how to get him everything he needs. And it was just hard. It's just hard to have that amount of pressure on me every day and try to be good and follow rules and try not to make money quickly. It is just hard, but everybody has, I mean, we're so lucky he's not sick. He's, he's fine and we're going to be able to get him the help. But, um, it's hard.
1: When I would say this to, to you, Penny, and to everybody else listening on those days where it is hard, it's okay to be human. Right. I think we forget that sometimes we uphold this perfection, this ideal of perfection for ourselves. And we say, I've got to do it. And it's like, well, it's okay to mess up sometimes. Right. Because that's, that's just a part of being human. It's, it's what do we do after we do. Right. So perfection is never the goal. Progress is. And so tomorrow, are we one step further than we were today? That's great. And if not, if we took a step back, cool. Let's take two steps today. As long as we're moving somewhere, we're going somewhere.
0: You know, I'm just, like, not very kind to myself when I don't do well. I think I expect a lot of myself. And I think it's hard to, like, I I mean, Tyson was just saying, I was on, like, the best streak of my life. Like, I was doing so good. And then not doing good after doing good for a long time is – it's just – very, very easy to beat yourself up for that, especially when you need the money. Like, I mean, I like need to make money doing this, not just screwing around because it's fun. Like, and everybody feels like that.
1: And that's totally okay. (laughs) Um, But the thing I'd remind you and everyone else of is like, just don't put that pressure on yourself right? Because money doesn't follow pressure. It follows joy. And maybe there's times yeah. where it's like, Hey, I just need to step back for a day or two. And that's okay. Just to recenter and be like, Hey, why am I doing this again? Oh yeah. It's my son. It's my daughter. It's my family. It's this thing that I want to do or the thing I want to give to Let me, let me reconnect with that because then you step back, just refreshed. And you're like, yes, I can do this because sometimes what I find is like, we get, we get, So zeroed in on the end goal, which is financial freedom and success. That even though we know why we're doing it, we kind of forget it. And sometimes it's good just to step back. Like I think about me and my wife, right? Like I love my wife. She is amazing. Sometimes we just need a date night to remember why we fell in love. And that's not to mean I don't love her, but it's like, oh yeah, this is why. And then it makes like all the stuff around the house with helping cleaning with the kids and all that. Like it's easier and it's a joy because... I remember why I did it in the first place, right? So it takes something from being this thing that we get to do and it turns it into something we have to do, right? The fact that we have to trade, that's a bummer, but that we get to trade. Oh well, man, that's a joy.
0: For Yeah. I mean, I just have my own true confession. <laughs> um I also quit drinking so that I could, be a better trader, be and crazy. I owe trading a lot for that. Like trading, it I'm like I like trading so much that I don't want to drink anymore, and so I like owe That's awesome. a lot for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it wasn't like a bad thing. Like I had to stop drinking. I just was like I can't like think as well as I want to. But you have
1: to do it, especially now. at five a.m. when we're yeah. playing the news plays, and you're like, yeah. getting old sucks.
0: <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Quinn just reminded me that I have to drink water, which is good good advice.
1: <laughs> smart kids you got there.
0: Uh, but there's so many to in a profession that you need to be emotionless for. There's a lot of them like I've put a lot on trading. Yeah. All my like hopes and dreams and things I'm thankful for and all of that. So it's hard to remain emotionless. And I think stepping away is probably the right thing to do for a little bit, honestly.
1: Honestly, well, for anybody else listening, maybe it's just healthy for you as a person. Because remember, yeah, your first priority it's being you. Right. For anybody listening, it's not to be a trader. It's not to be successful. It's to be the best you you can be. So make that healthy, and everything else is going to follow. I really believe that.
0: Well, I think that that's probably a really great place to end this. But this was I. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Nate. Yeah. And hey, if you guys ever want me back, just let me know.
0: I mean, you want to come back tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's do. go ahead and get something scheduled because there's a lot more stuff I'd love to ask you about.
1: Absolutely. Just shoot me a message. We'll do it.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you to our producer, Joel Edwards and Chesley Lowe for the banjo music. Please like, subscribe, and share this on social media. We appreciate you guys.
2: Accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane Podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane Podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane podcast. The Penny Lane podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.